First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Tim Dunn is with the Upstate Jobs Party. Unite New York. Uh, and that is, uh, shouldn't we be putting people over party? Um, can you imagine? What a concept. And Tim is on the line. Tim, thanks. I'm sorry we're, we're way behind this morning. I appreciate you uh, hanging in there. Good morning. That's all right. I, I understand. I'm just I'm wishing I got some of that hand cream. I uh, <laughs> sounds like my hands are less moist than they need to be now. If, if only you had <laughs> supple hands like Manaski. Um, <laughs> no, if only. It's, uh, it, it's good to have life goals, you know. Yes, it is. It is. It really is. Well, joke uh, if you want. I'm in here glistening. So you are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so, thanks for having me on, though. Well, well let's talk about um, the uh, the the thought that one could actually put the, the the state, the uh, the community, your community, people over party. Could I can't imagine that to be true. Yeah, you know, you you think it ought to be an easy concept, but uh, it's it, it it really seems to be a little abstract at this point. You know, we we launched Unite New York earlier this year when we saw the the events that, that transpired on on January sixth, and and regardless of of how you felt about the outcome of the election or, or what your party enrollment is. Um, we looked at that and said, if we're at a point in this country's history where people are this divided and, and, and this far apart, then, then we've done something gravely wrong and, and, and we need to do something different. Mm-hmm. So that really uh, was, was, was really the linchpin for Unite New York being established, where we said, you know, let's, let's provide a, a platform and an opportunity. Let's provide a home for Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, liberals, uh, to come together, independents, uh, come together to seek out common sense solutions to a system in New York that's obviously broken. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very difficult to look at state government and politics and not say, wow, our system is, is really not in alignment with our priorities. Uh, we certainly see that upstate even more so. And, you know, um, what, uh, especially with, uh, with redistricting coming up, um, and really the state controlled by one party, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Now, we're we're told this is going to be something that will be non-political, but you know that's not going to be the uh, the case. It'll be fair and equitable bullcrap. I don't see it. Everything that comes out of Albany is non-political, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, the thing that we that really blew our mind recently uh, is, is it, it in, you know, we might, might not have seen it directly in the Mohawk Valley, but across the state about a month ago, there was a, a primary held, primary election, and, and, and really every major city in, in upstate New York had a mayoral primary for the Democratic candidate. Right. And if you look at the turnout, now we're, we're, we complain about it being a one-party state, but the way the system has been built, and it's been built in such a way to actually turn away uh, voters. Right. In, in the primaries in Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse, Albany, we saw abysmal turnout, about, you know, less than mm-hmm. 20% turnout. And here are some numbers that really blew my mind. In the city of Buffalo, the city of 250,000 people, the, the winning candidate had only 11,000 votes in the wow. Democratic primary. Yeah. There's no Republican in the race. Mm-hmm. In, in Rochester, 200,000 uh, population, only 12,000 people, uh, people voted for the, the victor. In Syracuse, similar outcome, 130,000 people. The, the victor only got about 2,600 votes. That's basically the, the mayor of, of the, the city of, of Syracuse uh, um, being put in place by the, the population of the village of Mohawk. Right, right. Um, 
in, in Albany, a similar circumstance, 100,000 uh, uh, population and about 3,600 votes determine the Democratic uh, uh, primary. And we think there's an easy solution here. Um, you know, we, we in New York State have a closed primary system, uh, meaning that you have to be enrolled in a party to vote in the primary. We think that that's the normal way things are done, and, and mm-hmm. how else would you do it? Right. Well, the reality is we got a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome. We're one of only nine states with a closed primary process. We think it would make a heck of a lot of sense to open up the primary system to allow uh, unaffiliated voters, folks that are not in a party, to be able to vote in party primaries. That's something that the parties could do themselves. How do you, uh, how do you, uh, because the, the concept is that you belong to a party and the party selects its candidate or its nominee who's going to run for that, that race. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you justify though, allowing someone who's not a member of that party to vote in the, in the primary that picks the party candidate? Well, I think there's a couple good reasons for it and good justification for it. And, and some of them are actually strategic for the individual parties. Let's take the Republican Party, for example. The Republican Party in this state, the enrollment numbers have shrunk so much mm-hmm. that you'll, you'll many times hear people say, oh, gosh, a Republican can't get elected statewide. Well, the reality is there are three and a half million voters in this state that are unaffiliated. There are far more voters that are not in a party that are independent or unaffiliated voters than there are in the Republican Party. So if the Republican Party only has their primary available to Republican Party members, yeah. their voter pool is considerably smaller. Mm-hmm. If they're welcoming those independent voters in three months earlier in June, at the end of June, beginning of July, and, and getting them to vote for their, their candidate, they've got to have those voters in November anyways. There's really a, a strategic and tactical advantage for uh, an organization like the Republican Party to, to make, make such a move. But beyond that, we taxpayers pay for these elections. Right, right. Regardless of your party affiliation, you pay for the primary election, but yet more, about 40% of the voters in the state are directly uh, excluded from the process. Um, and, and, and folks will say, well, wait a minute, you choose not to be in a party. That's not necessarily the case. Just last year, based on special legislation the governor enacted in the dead of night as under the guise of, of covid um, essentially, uh, 500,000 people were thrown out of political parties because minor parties were blown up by a, a new and restrictive uh, uh, minimum uh, set of, uh, of, of votes right, and signatures right. to become a party. How do you, though, how do you prevent uh, someone forming a, a group, an alliance uh, against, so let's say, there's a Democrat and a Republican running. The, the, mm-hmm. the Democrat doesn't have a primary, so you'll see the Democrat in November. The Republican has a primary, and but Democrats come in and vote in that primary, and they vote for the candidate they want their candidate to face in November, uh, really ambushing the primary. How do you prevent that from happening? No, that's a great point, and that's that's one of the, the main arguments that, that folks will, will have against it. What we're proposing is not necessarily allowing you know Democrats to re- vote in a Republican primary or, or vice versa, but rather those unaffiliated voters, those 3.5 million New Yorkers who are not currently in a party, give them an opportunity to participate in the primary process, because that will give us better candidates. That will have candidates that are actually more aligned with, with the middle where, where most of the voters in the state are. That gives more people a voice. That also forces candidates to speak to uh, the entire populace and not just this tiny little sliver of the extreme element of their parties. 
what we've seen with the primary process, and there's been a lot of research done on this, is the party because of the party primary process really empowers the extremes in both parties. The you know the Donald Trumps on the right and the AOC on the left. It pushes candidates and the parties to those extremes rather than towards the middle. And yet at the same time, we bemoan that people don't want to work together or, yeah, or we can't yeah. put people over party. Right? I, I hate to, to say this, and I and I, listen, I respect uh, where you guys are, are coming from. I'm not, I'm, I'm against, I think if, if you belong to a party, it should be closed. I'm for the closed primaries. Because at the end of the day, you get to vote on election day. It doesn't matter. They select their mm-hmm. candidate. And, you know, I, I think a, a worse problem is what we're about to face uh, coming up here uh, later this year, and that is redistricting. These districts oh, have absolutely. been have been cut out, and I mean, look at uh, you know what Mark Butler's district looked like, which was just enormous and difficult, um, and and didn't cover a, much of the the metro area. Um, but the big one is Brian Miller's district, mm-hmm. which is was previously Claudia Tenney's, and you know that was done uh, out of spite. Republicans and Democrats, because they didn't like Claudia mm-hmm. Tenney, and that's what they did to her. Uh, but it, it, it's like it's gotten so bad that every incumbent is going to get reelected because of redistricting. To me, that's the biggest danger that we face in, in our elections. Well, I, I agree with you that, that redistricting is a huge problem, especially in New York. And, and anyone that thinks that this is going to be a nonpartisan or independent redistricting, right. you know, I got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, you know, I think these things really go hand in glove, and and the reality is when you look at uh, when you look at the approach that we've taken with with the primary system in New York State, one of only nine states that has such a system, and I can't imagine we would look at our our state government and the election system and say, wow, we really have the best. We have we're something we have something to be proud of. We think that this is the most democratic, the most open, the the most accessible. Uh, um, voting system in in the state, yeah. and, and if you do think that, then let's look around upstate New York. Let's look around the state mm-hmm. of New York and say how happy we are with our government, how yeah, effective yeah. that government is, how much we trust that government. Um, the reality is, is we've got to start tackling some serious innovations and changes to the way that we we run our government and that, and we reform our electoral process because it, those who fail to acknowledge history are just doomed to repeat it. Fair enough, Tim. We'll do it again. I appreciate your time this morning. Bill, always a pleasure, and I, I look forward to moister hands. Yeah, the supple, uh, the supple, <laughs> supple glistening supple. hands. There we yeah, go. there you have it. All right, Tim, <laughs> thank you. Weekend. You do the same. Thanks. Uh, Tim yeah. Dunn with the Upstate Jobs Party and their program, which is called Unite New York.